Welcome to the Morning Star Show with Superfly75. You're listening to OnTheWizardRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWizardRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, SuperSly75. Oh boy. Oh boy. How do I sound? I sound good? I sound good? I sound good to myself, but how do I sound to you guys? Uh, all right, let me make sure my my chat box do what it's supposed to do. Do 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 do. Oh. Make sure my camera's cameraing. All right, all right. Shot to everybody. Okay, chat box chatting. Shot to everybody. All right. Anthony G's a keyboard. Yeah. Man, it looks like Whitlock was right. Lord Vell. Bro, I still owe you a stream, bro. Like, I still owe you a, sh- a slot. Okay. I was just in... Wait, whose last stream were you in? Uh-oh, let me find it. Wait, wait, wait. Aaron, uh, hey, y'all, I was just in his live stream there speaking. Oh, you talking about Jason Whitlock? Okay, okay. I'm not saying that Tyree Ty- Ty- worked with one. Man, listen, I don't even want to entertain that, that shit, right? Now. <laughs> I don't even want to entertain that rumor, man. I don't even want to, I don't want to feed into, oh, Jason, okay, okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, man, they own her ass, man. Yeah, this bitch is the problem. This chick is the problem. She's part of the problem. She's part of the problem. I don't know which is worse. Um, dogs off the leash or the dog owner, you know, when the pit bull goes off and mauls somebody's child or some shit, who do you, who, who gets the majority of the blame, the pit bull or the owner? Okay. Cause you know how y'all love to make excuses for pit bulls. Oh, you know, they're really sweet dogs. And they really don't, they just need to be raised in the right environment. All that extra shit. Never mind, Y'all forget how these dogs came to be in existence to begin with. Okay, then y'all want to get into, okay, well, it's not, a, it's an American Staffordshire Terrier. That's not the breed. And listen, regardless, okay, who who's more at fault, the dog or the dog owner? Okay. Yeah, that's why I was, I was looking for that, Carrie. You, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me find that. Yeah, I, I caught wind of that, that he said it, it wasn't true. That's why I wasn't going to entertain it any any further. Uh, hold up. Time. Nichols. Er. I know they fired three emergency workers. Okay, here we go. Okay. 
I'm going to get to the daddy in a minute, but um, I want to kind of focus on CJ Davis for the most part. Uh, yeah, she's part of the problem. Get on, get her, get up out of here. Get CJ Davis the fuck up out of here. I just want a Shibu. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to get into the parents. Clearly the daddy was in a white shirt, white hat, and the mama's wearing black. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there with y'all. I'll let y'all have at it. Make of it what you will. Make of it what you will. It's not, it, yeah. Um, okay. Lord calling the stage. I'm not going to say it's stage. Somebody got their ass whooped on camera that night. And then the father said he was the one that took the picture in the, of him in the hospital. So the father came out and said he was the one that took the picture and got it circulating on the internet. So, um, yeah, man, let's just get right into it. Oh, I got Philly to win the Super Bowl. And somebody on Twitter went ahead and did me the did me a solid and and shot it and made the numbers for me because I was I was too I was being lazy. Um, shout out to my man um, Itachi Decoded, right? He's like, "Yo, I, I made this for you." I was like, "Bet." And uh, he ran the numbers, so I got Philly winning the Super Bowl. I got Philly winning the Super Bowl, y'all. I'm gonna go with Philly. I'm gonna go with Philly. What say you? I'm going to go with Philly. Okay. I'm going to go with Philly. All right. Is everybody feeling the same? Everybody feeling the same? Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. And then shout out to Glorilla. She letting y'all she letting y'all know what time it is. Shout out to Glorilla. Okay. Showing allegiance. Shout out to Glorilla showing allegiance. All right. She doing she's doing big things. Even though that song I just heard the other day sounded pretty pretty mid. This is what happens when you when you get rid of the producer that basically knows your you and crafts a sound around you okay you know the whole they had to him her and the, the producer fell out over the rights to the song whatever this is just like how can i say this to me this is like chief keith without um oh the the, the fat kid y'all i follow him but he's been quiet they've been they, they they've been messing with him for a minute though Chief Keith without with the producer Kai. What what's his name, y'all? Young Chop. Yes. This is like Chief Keith without Young Chop. I don't care what y'all say. I love Chief Keith. Chief Keith deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore of, of this new generation of hip hop. He created so many sons out here. Okay. So I, I say Wayne spawned Chief Keith and Chief Keith spawned all these guys. But Chief Keith music ain't been the same since him and Young Chop. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of those lightning in a bottle type things. 
right? Chief Keef ain't had a real proper hit since that, you know, the Get Rich or Die trying with, with Young Chop because Young Chop pretty much knows the craft of beat around Chief Keef. You know, now, now Chief Keef got with, got with Pharrell, now, and that's a, that's a different story. If Chief Keef got with Pharrell, that's another story. But I'm just saying it's, it's sometimes some artists, um, the producer just knows you. And I don't think, unless she gets with a, a super big time producer, um, she should have. They should have somehow patched that thing up and worked it out. It was over, like over fifty. It was. It fell out over fifty grand. Cause he was like, "Look, you know, he he was scared she was gonna leave him. Cause she was blowing up, and he was like, "Well, let me sell my half of the song for fifty grand." Right, if I understand, if I remember it correctly, he sold his half of the song. Oh no, 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 no. She sold her half. He kept his. Then Yo Gotti had to buy him out. Okay, yeah, she sold her when she signed. She sold her half. He kept his because he wanted to hold out for a production deal or something bigger, which is smart. Which is which that's what you're supposed to do. And then God, Yo Gotti had to buy out his other half of the song, of the record. And basically, from what I understand, between 50 to 60 grand, they fell out. And, you know, do I see another hit as big as F and F for her with an unknown producer? Probably not. She's going to have to up that budget and spend more money to get with a, a bigger, a bigger name producer to get a, a, a decent hit. That song I heard from her the other day was not it. That song I heard from her the other day was not it. So that's just a little. Okay, I went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Went off on a tangent. Let me um <laughs> Yeah, young chop. Hey, listen, young chop had had beef with Interscope. Y'all best stop playing with Interscope. Young Ch- yo, Inter- Interscope will make you get some act right. Remember, young chop was like, man, I'm gonna expose y'all too. Then all of a sudden, he, people, <laughs> he had a shootout in front of his house on, on, on IG Live. And then he got, he got, he got uh, picked up on some, some bullshit-ass dog um, abuse charges. And he was going in and out of jail for, like, seriously, like a time of, like, three to four months. He was in and out of jail. And he kept spazzing on Interscope. Like, yo, Interscope, man, they, they wrong. They doing this. They doing that. And I'm like, y'all better leave Interscope alone. Interscope will make you get some act right. Interscope will make you sit the fuck down. Interscope will make you sit down, all the way down, okay? Um, like I said, whoever whoever produced that song I just heard from, from, from Glorilla is not it. That's not it. Am I going to review The Last of Us? Probably not. I mean, I played the games, and I'm, I'm intently following the show. This last episode, episode three, was a great episode. I, I don't care for all the gay shit. I'm sorry. Okay, it was a... It was a it was a good crafted story because remember in the video game, uh, Bill hung himself. So let me backstory y'all. Um, so Bill and Joe, right? They were gay in the game, but Bill couldn't stand living with Joe in the apocalypse because Joe was just an asshole. So what you saw uh, on TV was a very, very nice, kind version of Joe. Bill couldn't stand living the apocalypse with Joe so bad. Bill hung himself in the game if you played the game. But they deviated from that. 
Um, it was a it was a deep episode. I understood it. They both committed, you know, self deletion at the end because um, Bill got sick. They got they got old, right? Bill got sick, and um, he was like, you know, just put it in my wine, you know, take me to bed, and I'm gonna lay down and not go wake up. And then you know, Joe decides, nope, you know, you give me purpose. I, I hated this world and. Ah man, then they left a note for uh, for homeboy, and I, I was like, ah, this is so sad. He said we left the window open so the smell doesn't, you know. If you reading this letter, please don't knock on the door. It's a sight. We left the window open to help with the smell. I was like, oh shit, here come the feels over some gay dudes. <laughs> I said, here come the feels over some gay dudes. But yo, it was dope. It was a dope episode. Like I'm into it because I I played the games. So I'm I'm into it. The adaptation is pretty spot on as much as you could do. Um, I probably will not do a review. Uh, I may just may talk about it in passing, but like for me to sit down and, and go over all, I think eight or 10 episodes. I don't know. I ain't got it in me. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I got it in me. I don't think I got it in me. I still have to do the menu, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this shit very intently. Um, I'm, I'm up to speed on everything. But like I said, the majority of people watch it probably have not played the game. You know. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was sad. It was sad because, you know, old boy was a survivalist. And, you know, when the shit went down, basically he secured an entire town by himself. You know, he broke into the refinery, stole some some uh, fuel to run his generator and um, he rerouted the electrical grid to the town. I mean, he was, this dude was like super duper a one prepper, like by his goddamn self. And he had booby traps set around the perimeter. He had an electrified fence. Like this dude was, you know, super, just super survivalist. And he grew his own food. Um, he had a smokehouse for the, for the animals he killed for the meats. And all this fine dining they would he would do every night, you know. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a good episode. I just don't care for the gay shit. But you know, it was written so good that I was like, God damn it, I feel bad they done killed themselves. <laughs> I feel bad they done killed themselves. I was like, y'all had to do all that. Why? Why? So, um, all right. Okay. So let's get into it. CJ Davis, Lord have mercy. Yes. Get this woman up out of here. Yeah. Jason Whitlock was right. Jason Whitlock was right. Listen, you have a bunch of dogs off their leashes that don't heal to commands. You got to blame the dog owner to a certain extent. And CJ Davis has a, has a, a, a history, um, sort of speak. So let's, Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Since we are learning more about the Memphis, Tennessee police chief and her connection with the city of Atlanta. So we now know that Chief C.J. Davis worked for the Atlanta Police Department. This was during a time when a controversial task force called Red Dog was used. Now it's similar to the so-called Scorpion unit used in the Tyree Nichols traffic stop. 11 Allies' Bo Beth Yates is on the details tonight and has more on the task force and its controversial use of force policy. 
What is wrong with baby girl wig? What is that? What? Whoa, whoa, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Come on, sis. You live in Atlanta. Y'all supposed to be on point. Look, Atlanta women, nine times out of ten, keep their lace fronts on point. What is sis doing here? She had a rough day. There's this rough patch going on right here. What? What? And she has a very long face. You know what? I'm not going to go there with y'all. I'm not going to start. Nope. Let's, let's not deviate. Let's go. That's right. For years, there have been several tactical units that have targeted crime right here in Atlanta, from the Titan unit to the Red Dogs. And now after this recent bout with police brutality, many are worried about the safety of those units. I heard about Scorpion. The first thing I thought of was Red Dog. And of course, the killing of Katherine Johnston. Johnston was the 92 year old Atlanta resident shot and killed when the Red Dogs and undercover tactical units entered her home during a botched drug raid. Georgia NAACP President Attorney Gerald Griggs says the video showing six Memphis police officers beating Tyree Nichols brought him back to negative memories. Growing up in Atlanta in the 90s when Red Dog uh, was at its height. You know, as a young African-American, you were worried about, they were called the jump out boys, jumping out on you, even if you weren't doing anything. So I don't think a community should have to live in that kind of fear. But Councilmember Michael Bond says the Red Dog unit was dismantled after public outcry and steps have been taken to prevent similar incidents. What's obvious in Memphis is that there was no accountability for these officers because these are not tactics that they just came up with that night. Bond says while the city does have tactical units, they are for targeted operations. That's the core difference in Atlanta is its management, the preparation that the officers receive, and you know the training that they get and the accountability that they're held to. But Memphis Police Chief Shirley Davis online bio shows she led various tactical units, including the. Wow! So executive officer to the chief public affairs, homeland security, to organized crime. Uh, included SWAT, mounted patrol, that's the horse, the guys on the horses, motors, motorcycle, helicopter unit, vice, and narcotics. All federal task force officers uh, hit the task force cyber crime. This all she knows. This all she knows is, is pipe fitters. Okay, so not to be fair, but to be fair, that's all she's ever known are pipe fitters. She's never known regular beat cops. You know what I'm saying? She ain't, she's not around traffic cops and, and desk duty cops. And tr you know what I'm saying? She's around heavily armed, military prepped, tactical pipe fitters. This is all she knows. This is all the cops she's ever dealt with. Pipe fitters. The foot to ass type cops. All right. I'm just saying I like context. This is this is her mindset. She thinks like these dudes. She thinks like them. Red dogs during her time with Atlanta details that worry Griggs to learn uh, the latest iteration of the Scorpion unit was instituted by a, a chief that came from Atlanta. I, I thought back to what about the Titan unit? What about these specialized tactical units that are happening all over the state of Georgia? Eighteen months. Now, in addition, officials say Atlanta. Look, I'm sorry. Who do I? Who? Whose fault is this for this woman's weave? Not be. Who can I put this on? I saw Casanova. I saw your ass up in here. Don't you come in here talking about hiding and leaving? No, sis. Come get your sis. 
come get your sistrin. Cass, come get your sistrin. Okay? Come get your girl. Take her to whatever lace front shop is popping in Atlanta and get her right. Let's not act like she can't afford it. Okay? Stop playing. If you go to Atlanta nine times out of ten, these heifers lace fronts are on point. This is the first time I've seen a woman this bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is bad. She looks dry. <laughs> Where's Sarah V? Somebody got some Sarah V to moisturize her face. She, <laughs> is she not drinking enough water and, and electrolytes? You know what I'm saying? Um, somebody asked me about, let me see. I'm sorry. Bear, bear with me. Somebody asked me about a movie review. That it, whoever asked me about reviewing something, it's already on my movie, movie channel. I've already covered it. I can't find the comments, so I'm sorry. Yeah, Cass, listen. This I, I gotta blame somebody. It's your girl. Come get your girl, okay? Don't let her leave up out here looking like this. I don't know nothing about no wigs and weaves. I'm sure you know somebody that knows somebody, okay? Let's not act like you natural, long, long-haired women don't hang out with women with weaves. Stop playing. It's been a rainy day. I'm in Atlanta. There's no excuse. For y'all sister in to be looking like this. Okay. How, how long? This was three hours ago. So as of right now, this woman is walking around Atlanta with her shit looking like this. This is all y'all fault. The police Chap Chapman, you down there too. Get y'all sister in together. Don't let her come out here looking like this again. All right. My best friend got the plus. See, I told y'all they know. They know. Departments say that APD officers have more training than many other police departments. So instead of the six weeks that is tradition for most departments in the state, APD has about 18 months of training. Again, more than many other departments. Live in Atlanta, Bo Beth Yates, 11 Alive News. Okay. See, you know what? <laughs> Big Pontiac, you <laughs> leave Pam Oliver alone. Poor Pam Oliver. Lord have mercy. That woman ain't look good in, in 20 years. She ain't look camera ready in 20 years. You know what? Let's look up the red dog dismantling. Red dog. Red dog. Oh, shit. Dog. Dismantle. Let's find that video. I think that was about 10 or 11 years ago. Okay, this is the end, but let's... Let's see what happens here. Let's see what they do at a video shoot. I'm just curious. I'm curious. Uh, I'm jump culturally out. biased to begin with. The only part that's universal is a man. Right here. Innocent bystanders. Little you walking from the gym. Holy just don't draw down on them. I mean, they just came like a hundred deep. Like these little children just really did something. These children up there, they, they still walking. The police call the name by them being so little, they don't know what's going on. They just keep on walking. The police running and try to almost tackle them. It's, it's ridiculous out here. It it's make the no sense. Other side. The other side where you ain't got no right to even walk down your own street. Yeah. Young, big, small, tall. This is the real other side. Whatever happened to probable cause? Whatever happened to no my rights. No rights. No rights. No fifth amendment, no nothing. Who gonna stand up for us? Nobody. And we still ain't free. In a world where people just violate you in front of the whole world and don't nobody said nothing. What kind of ish is that? 
Nah, what kind of that? shit is that? What kind of shit is that? When you living in the hood where you can't even walk up your street. Parents, parents at a point where they too scared to go even confront they the police about their own children because it's so crazy out here. They'll flip the script on them and have them in the in the back of the police car. It's a game. It's a hey, say what y'all want. I'm sure this dude <laughs> I'm sure this brother right here gets a lot of little women. Say what y'all want. I can guarantee this dude gets a lot of women. Cass, is this your type? <laughs> hey, baby girl, all the cheering. You know what I'm saying? I got to take care of the cheering, baby girl. I got to go get this cheese. Go make this guap. You know what I'm saying, baby girl? <laughs> Cass, this is, your, this is your type. This is your type. Set up. Don't fall victim to the game out here. Corporate scheme. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying right now. I'm dying right now. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Continuing coverage now of that ambush oh, at a nope. midtown apartment building. God damn it, wrong video. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The city of Atlanta had 37 housing projects. We had 40, 247 homicides, uh, crack, cocaine, epidemic that raged throughout our city open air drug markets to accompany the violence on our streets. The Atlanta Police Department needed a strong, swift, and non, no-nonsense response to this, this runaway crime. Thus was born the Red Dog Unit. For the first time, Red Dog was, was precisely what we needed, an aggressive street-level narcotics unit that, that could move quickly, quickly to stamp out crime wherever it occurred. The name reflected in this mission. Red Dog run every drug deal out of Georgia. Red Dog still for run every drug dealer out of Georgia. Holy cow. That's a classic acronym. Run every drug dealer out of Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Make no mistake about it. Red Dog officers were embraced by citizens of the city of Atlanta. They cleaned up streets of the city and made them safer for everyone. Where are we 22 years later? No one is going to stand here and say that narcotics is dead in our city. But the nature of crime in the city of Atlanta has changed, and so has our great city. Public housing has been decentralized and there are no housing projects communities in the city of Atlanta. Crime and drugs in particular has gotten more sophisticated, often moving indoors. Crime has dropped significantly since the time we were we had homicides uh, that was at 247. We're now at below one. Oh shit, my bad. 100 last year with 93 homicides. As a result, our crime fighting tactics have changed as well. We too have gotten smarter with using technology and intelligence-driven analysis to decentralize and mobilize our people. But let, let be, let's be clear. That doesn't mean that we still is there's still an aggressive need for crime fighting in our city. Regardless of the time comes, regardless the time comes for us to reassess our mission, and the time has come to dramatically change the mission of Red Dog. Red Dog, as we currently know it today, will no longer exist. There has been a lot written and said about the actions of individual officers in Red Dog Unit at late. This is not a result of any one incident. This is something that has been uh, discussed over time 
an evolution has to take place. The Red Dog Unit has established many great deeds and accomplished many great deeds over the past 22 years. I'm fortunate those deeds rarely are reported in the news. They have uh, apprehended murders and taken thousands of other dangerous criminals off the streets. They've also taken thousands of guns off our streets and seized hundreds of millions of dollars in illegal narcotics, to name just a few accomplishments. Okay, okay, so that was the end of, of the Red Dogs. Holy cow, okay. Run every drug dealer out of Georgia. Wow. All right. Now let's get to some more CJ Davis expose stuff. I don't want to do that. Um, let's not do that. That no, 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 that one. Nope, nope. Where the fuck is it? Where the fuck is it? Is it this one? Here we go. Okay. Here we go. This is deep. Let's go. Department just released to WREG detailing a scandal involving Memphis Police Department's incoming chief, Sarah Lynn Day. Mind you, this is from last year, last summer. This is last summer. This came out last summer and it just flew under everybody's radar. All of it. We all missed it. I don't think I can remember anybody that reported about CJ Davis. This flew under everybody's radar last summer from June. Let's go. Davis. The documents show in the early 2000s, an Atlanta police officer working a second job at a photo processing plant found graphic pictures of young girls with a man who happened to be an Atlanta police sergeant's husband. He says he turned over those. Okay, Atlanta police sergeant's husband phone was found with pictures of children. And Atlanta police <laughs> pictures with children on it. Okay, this is how bad. Okay, you know what? Okay, I stand corrected. Nick caught it. I didn't catch it. I wouldn't check. I, I had no idea. Okay, let's go. Photos, but no action was taken until 2007 when APD finally told the FBI, turning over 50 sexually explicit photos showing 12 to 15 year old girls the husband paid. Wait, let me run that. Let me look at it. I want to read that. Hold up. I'm sorry. I want to read that. The husband paid. Uh, damn it. Okay, so Terrell Marion Crane, Atlanta, Georgia, was arrested by the, the FBI, um, FBI's Safe Child Task Force for violation of 18 USCA Section 2251A, uh, exploitation of children related to photographs that depicts ooh, activity with young various girls in the Simpson Road area of Atlanta and a statement issued by the Department of Justice entitled Terrell Marion Crane, arrested for production of ch child porn involving his, his alleged exploitation of numerous young girls, Exhibit 1, on October 16, 2007. The Atlanta Police Department provided to the FBI approximately 50 explicit photographs of 11 different m minor females who appear to be between the ages of 12 and 15 engaged in ooh, conduct with Crane. Wow. Wow. Uh, the photographs were provided to the Atlanta Police Department between 2000 and 2002 from an employee of a local photo processing company. So they sat on this thing for five years. They sat on this case for five years. This is what, this is what got her kicked out. Okay, let's go. Explicit photos showing 12 to 15-year-old girls the husband paid. An internal investigation was launched to find out who knew what and when. 
Two detectives claim they told Davis, the unit commander at the time, about the photos. But she told them to cut it, to stop investigating, while making a hand gesture in front of her neck. Davis was also interviewed. Wow. So cut it, making a hand gesture. Wow. So she did one of these. Oh, my gosh. The narrative writes itself. Jeezy Pete. So she is one of those women. Okay. Okay. But claims she only became aware of the photos in 2007. Due to inconsistencies in their testimony, the sheriff's office used a computer voice stress analyzer, which indicated deception in Davis's voice, not the detectives who accused her of knowing about the photos much. So basically a video polygraph is what they put her under. They used a device to detect that she was lying and they concluded she was being deceptive. Wow, this is crazy. Much earlier. Internal investigators wrote, Davis employed a countermeasure technique which involved clenching her teeth in an attempt to alter her measurable vocal output during the examination. And then also another way to beat the polygraph test. So you have to keep your, me your responses the same all the way through. So any deviating, it, it causes a problem. So what people would do, remember the movie Ocean's 12 when, or Ocean's 13 when the little nerd dude was trying to apply for a job in the casino and they had him up to a polygraph test. He stuck a tack in his shoe and he would prick himself with the tack to elevate his responses all the way through the questioning. So every time the guy asked him the question, he'd prick himself with the, with the tack and it would elevate his stress level. Therefore, all of his answers would read the same. That's how you beat the lie detector test. You got to keep your responses the same. It could be the same up here or the same down here or the same in the middle. Either way, all your responses have to be the same. So you got to kind of induce stress into your body to elevate itself to keep your answers the same all the way through during the questioning. I, that, I didn't I don't know how that, somebody told me that. Yeah, they had others evaluate it blindly and they agreed she showed deception. Davis was fired in a press conference in Memphis last month. She stressed she was used as a scapegoat. I refused to take the blame for something I had nothing to do with. And I decided to fight the, um, the case because I knew if I fought that case that the truth would come out. Davis appealed her termination to the city civil service board and won. The board wrote, Davis provided convincing testimony about a meticulous setup of the unit she supervised. One of the investigators actually admitted during the hearing that I never told them not to investigate this particular case. Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland says he reviewed what happened in Atlanta and he felt comfortable with his decision to appoint Davis. That was a bogus charge. Davis starts oh. her role as Memphis Police Chief later this month. Jessica Gertler, WRG News Channel 3. Okay. La emoción viene. Get out of here. Okay. 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 Wow, C.J. Davis, really out here? Oh, boy. Okay. Let me see what your post. All right, all right. Okay, so this is what pretty much, once again, the follow-up. This is what got her canned. Um, yeah, she was fired in 08. Uh, two detectives accused Davis of telling them not to investigate the, the Crane case, who was married to Sergeant Tanya Crane. All right. Tanya Crane was a, was a sergeant under her command. Okay, he pled guilty to one count. Uh, the indictment was issued after Atlanta. Oh, come on, don't do this. Where'd it go? 
statement was issued after Atlanta police took no action in the case and subsequently investigated by the city pointed to Davis as the reason Davis was demoted from major to lieutenant before being fired from the force that she had joined in 2008. Okay. Now, let me deviate real quick. Let me deviate real quick. So the white guy, the white guy, what are you going to charge him with? The white guy that everyone's like so happy they caught him, caught him doing, what did the white, once again, I'm going to ask this question because I don't understand why people are celebrating like they, like, like they caught the man in a grassy knoll or some shit. Y'all acting like y'all caught the man in a grassy knoll. Like, what are we happy about? What are you going to charge him with? Like, what are you going to charge him you guys are really doing a lot right now. Bro, Stop. lay down. I'm like, just trying to go home. Lay down. Man, if you don't lay down. Bro, I am on the ground. Put your hands on your stomach. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I got it. Okay. Stop. I'm not doing now, let, let's, let's be Let's be clear. The first altercation ain't what got everybody in trouble. Y'all putting extras on it. The first confrontation is not what got them in trouble. So when the, by the t- when the footage first starts, the white dude gets out. We see his body cam. We have not seen everybody else's body cam from the initial stop. That has not been released. People keep forgetting, okay, that he was not an officer first on the scene. He was responding to a call. The other brothers were already there. You don't see their body cams for when they actually pulled the guy over. All you see is the white boy get out. He's like, okay, he acting ruly, got to subdue him. What are you going to charge the white boy with? I'm trying to understand. Why is the white boy fired? <laughs> I, I Listen, I have no dog in this fight, but why did you fire the white cop? What exactly did he do? He's providing backup. You see, you, you got two officers struggling to get somebody subdued. Okay, I'm gonna, let me help get this guy subdued. He hops out, pulls out his taser. Now, what he said was fucked up. The whole, I hope they stomp him out after he ran and all. But once again, what, what constitutional bodily harm violation did he commit exactly? What did the white boy do? I'm trying to understand. What did the white boy do? So after he runs away, after he tases him, Once again, blue jean. After that, the white boy stays with the car. He rolls his taser coils back up. He stays with the car. Dude told him, "Hey, just stay back with the car." All right. Dude told him, "Just stay with the car," and that's it. That's all he did. He saw a situation. Oh, I'm providing backup. They need help to doing this dude. Let me help tase this dude to get him under control. I'm trying to figure out what crime did he actually commit. He talked the wrong kind of shit. I'll give you that, but that's not a fireable offense. That's that's not a fireable offense. Okay, had he not said, I hope they stomp his ass out. Now, if had he said, I hope they stomp his black ass out, then y'all would have a point. But y'all know cops talk shit about suspects all day long. So had he not said, I hope they stomp him out, would he still would he still have his job? Listen, if, if I'm a cop, 
I'll be the first to tell you. If I'm a cop and you, yeah, I hope they stomp your ass. Yeah. We've heard worse. The optics are bad. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. The optics are bad. But once again, what was the fireable offense? What are you going to put on his administrative record? What was he let go for? For what exactly? What is the, what's the, the charge? What's the infraction called? What is the infraction? So let's, so let's see, let's see. Okay. He speaks to another officer saying one of the prongs, uh, he had hit the bastard. Okay. I hope they stomp his ass. Once and like his lawyer said, Lee Ger- Gerald is, 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 uh, his lawyer says his client was never at the second scene where cops beat Nichols un- unconscious. Exactly. This first confrontation ain't nothing. It's the second one that y'all need to focus on. So once again, what did the white boy do? Okay, Officer Hemphill's relieved of duty. This is an ongoing investigation. Uh, he was hired in 2018. Uh, Hemphill's body cam, he helps pour water in an unidentified officer's eyes after he got pepper spray in them and spends minutes trying to catch his breath again following his brief run with Nichols. That's pretty much it. He makes a cameo appearance. Conduct unbecoming an officer. This guy's going to win some money off, off, the, off this from his own department. This guy's going to get some money back. He's going to get some lost wages. Yeah, come on. This is, this is bogus. This is bogus. Terrorist threat? Come on, stop. 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 Y'all got to do better than this. Once again, what conduct did he break? What did, what did he do that was unbecoming of an officer? Like, seriously, y'all. Like, for real. Take the emotions out of it. What did the white guy do? What did he do? Okay. I hit the bastard. I hope they stomp his ass. Fire for... Yeah, that's for damn sure. Fire for not being in shape. If, if, if what he did was so brazen and so bad, he would have had charges as well too, right? He broke protocol. Okay. What protocol did he break? Come on, y'all. I got officers in this, in this chat right now. What protocol did he break y'all? So if you're, you're, you're responding to a call, you pull up and see your fellow officers struggling to subdue a suspect. You don't know the who, what, where's and why's all you need. All you understand is I need to get this guy subdued before. I don't know what the situation is. You hop out, you hit him with a taser a couple times, and he runs away. What protocol did he break? He can't make threats, protect and serve. Once again, do y'all understand (laughs) what law enforcement's job actually is? The Supreme Court told y'all their job is, is to enforce policy that's it that's all there's no there's you can't get a cop fired because he didn't talk he, he didn't talk nice to you you, you <laughs> really yeah i wish true teller was here i'm trying to understand so if a cop if a cop talks mean to you calls you a bastard and says i hope they stomp your ass um, what what protocol did he break it in? 
Besides some hurt feelings, the hurt feelings protocol. Come on, y'all. Conduct charge. Listen, the union's going to eat this shit up. The union's going to clearly going to say he was fired unjustly. He was fired. They're going to say he's he was fired unjustly. And he needs lost wages. He needs uh, uh, attorney's fees. And he needs distress. Uh, he needs money for distress and emotional abuse. Because y'all fired this man unjustly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This man was unjustly fired for providing backup to his to his fellow officers. Wait, really? Do I need to run the, the tape back again? I, I don't want to because I don't want to get hit again because anybody that plays this footage is getting age-restricted off the top. But once again, nobody can sit here and say, point to me what he, come on, stop, y'all. <laughs> hey, by all means, if you can get away from suing a cop because he hurt your feelings, have at it. Have at it. I know from experience, better have a good union. Yo, listen, this kid, this kid's gonna be okay. He's gonna get his monies back and then some, and his, and a, they'll offer him his job. If he's smart, don't take the job back. Go out to another department. Go to another department. You know. But once again, y'all gonna have a hard time trying to convince me uh, the white cop broke a law. If he broke a law, he would be charged. Correct. If he legit broke a law. He would be charged and you guys are forgetting the five cops are not being charged for their actions from the first confrontation. They're being charged for their actions from the second confrontation. They're being charged for their actions from the second confrontation. That's where all the kidnapping and failure to render aid comes in. Okay. There was no kidnapping initially in the initial traffic stop. There was no failure to render aid, render aid, none of that. Okay. It's the second confrontation that got them jammed up. Period. 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 He incited danger. Hey, big girl, we just going to disagree on this one. You're just going to be mad at me <laughs> for a couple hours because that is, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. Listen, I'm no fan of cops. Okay, I've had the red infrared beams that on me and I'll come on me. Don't listen. I've been on that other side of it. No, 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 no. You got to do better. I had to raise, raise a better argument. Now, let's see what they're saying about CJ. They own her ass on Twitter. Lord have mercy. They own her ass on Twitter. The police chief should lose her job too. When you have officers being this evil, it's because they thought they could get away with it under their corrupt leadership. This is coming from a woman. All right. And then everybody found out she was with the red dogs. Okay. So they, they're on her ass. Nobody needs to praise Sarah Lynn Davis. She was fired from her last job for discouraging other cops to investigate. Uh, abuses against uh, sergeant and girls. Okay, they own her ass, y'all. 
seven hours ago. So let's see what she says. Chief Davis, what do we do going forward? You've seen some calls in Congress now for a national ban on chokeholds and that kind of neck restraint that we saw ended up with the death of George Floyd. Some departments already don't use them. Do we need a nationwide ban? We, we not just need a nationwide ban, George. We also need nationwide standards. And it's my belief and my organization's belief as we continue to speak with Congress and other legislators that unless we have sweeping changes in police reform and that policies aren't treated like a smorgasbord, the agencies have an opportunity to say we will take chokeholds or no, we won't take chokeholds. I believe that we need to have sweeping changes in police reform where we are supported with legislation and that uh, agencies are um, held accountable for accreditation to ensure that everybody, every agency, large and small, have the best practices in place or we're going to continue to see these. We don't want to see this anymore. So we definitely need. Well, how, how did that age poorly? Truth teller. Okay, bro. Hold up. Let me let me light this this Bluetooth because I want you to call in real quick. Because I I have a position on the white cop, and I, I want to get your take on it, and I I want to I want you to speak on it because I like I said I I have a position, you may have a different position. Why got it? Why is my motherfucking? Why is it not pair and pair? So come on now, shit. Bluetooth. 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 Broadcast. Bluetooth. Done. Okay. Hey, truth. If you got a, a hot minute, bro, call in because I, I want to get your your thoughts on on this. Uh, can we talk to White Cop? Okay, tomorrow. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Tomorrow, yes, for sure. All right, no worries. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll do this tomorrow. Okay, spit, pet him up. Turn off the broadcast. All right, cool. All right. Uh, Brandon Tatum. <laughs> Listen, Brandon Tatum is a special, special special case that man will do any you know what that's on him he got to live with himself and look in the mirror woman with power is more dangerous than a white boy hanging with the king of oh <laughs> uh, let's see oh and they were mega omega sci-fi that's i mean you know okay 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 Okay, she's married with one child. So that's a it's just that's a husband. Okay, I wonder what her husband does. You know what, y'all? Let's just go do a little deep dive real quick. Let's. What does CJ husband uh, CJ Davis husband do? Hus husband. What does he do? Terry Davis. What does he do? What does he do for a living? Okay, this is her. This is her. Oh, she's military. Oh, oh, she was bo- okay. Born into military. She's born at Fort Bragg. Oh, cause li- okay, listen, okay, listen. This woman, <laughs> yeah, she ah, uh, she grew up foot the ass. She yeah, she grew up foot the ass, y'all. She she went to Georgia Military College. So she that's all she's known is foot to ass all her life. She was identified identified Davis as one of 80 women forming the old White House leadership project Women Rule. 
Davis became deputy chief of the Atlanta Police Department and in 2016 became chief of the Durham Police Department. Yo, this is what underwater basket weaving degrees get you. Police chief at several law enforcement organizations, at several departments. Go run, tell that, y'all. Now, as, as evil as this woman may, may come off to be, this is what power looks like. Okay? This woman, underwater basket weaving degree from uh, Central Michigan University. <laughs> right? Uh, let's see. Let's see. She was sworn in as Memphis Chief 2021. Davis is married and has one daughter and two grandchildren. She is age 60. She lives in Durham. I don't, they don't give much about her husband, though. They don't say much about her husband. They don't say much about her husband. Okay. Now, let me do this. Let me deviate just a brief moment what is this what is that let me deviate just for a brief moment okay I mean since we're looking up you know foot the ass law enforcement oh okay this is interesting this should be interesting. Okay, let's Baltimore. Shout out to Baltimore. Golly. Let's go. Well, after two years and more than 100 interviews into one of the biggest corruption scandals in Baltimore City Police history, the results of an independent investigation into the disgraced. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. Before I get into this. So, on Serio, uh, the basket weaving degree joke steadily find over. Okay, so what happened was. <laughs> And now, listen, I'm not here to take shots. I'm not here to start anything. There was a debate had between angry man and a blue-haired bisexual liberal male by the name of Destiny. And they were talking about education and women and women in education. And then angry man took the position that he said, because they were talking about college. And the, the ongoing narrative is that the majority of women take they go to college for useless degrees. And he made the joke saying, well, you know, women go to school for underwater basket weaving. And you would have to watch the debate for yourself. But the joke is, um, if you look at cities like Fulton County um, and other cities where the women all pretty much have law degrees or, you know, BS in law degrees or, or criminal administration, they're the judges. They're the police chiefs. They're the DAs. They're the chief of police, right? So this narrative that women go to school for liberal studies or philosophy—these little weak-minded degrees, right—that don't mean that don't mean anything. That don't equal into anything. And I'm just like, look at these cities that are ran by mostly Democrats. The women that are in control or are near the top of those cities, you know, they went to school for degrees that lead to power. So every time I see a black woman that's, you know, that's a black female judge in, in the child support hearing and these slew of men in front of her and she slays them all down, 
Yeah, that's what an underwater basket weaving degree gets you. It gets you power. So that's the joke. That's the joke. All right, my bad. Let's go. Yeah, humanities. Liberal arts, humanities, uh, 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 African-American studies, you know what I'm saying? Degrees that uh, b- would be deemed useless in today's society. But for some odd reason, a lot of these black women that run the healthcare, that run the, the criminal justice systems, these are not underwater basket weaving degrees. That's power. Okay, that's power. So let's go. Gun trace task force are out. Amy Kawada has more on this eye-opening report that some warned would be both ugly and hurtful. The independent investigation launched back in 2019. In the final report, it includes over 160 interviews and reviews of hundreds of thousands of pages of documents. The investigation, led by former Department of Justice Inspector General Michael Bromwich, resulted in a 515-page report providing a detailed 20-year history of events and decisions that led to the GTTF scandal. The report also explains how the widespread corruption began and continued for years without being detected, finding weaknesses in Baltimore's police department, especially leadership that turned a blind eye to top-performing officers like the ones on the elite unit who brought in high numbers of arrests and seizures. Investigators revealed problems existed within the GTTF from the start and warning signs were ignored as special units became quote incubators for corruption. In addition to its findings, the report addresses recent reforms and makes recommendations on issues related to hiring, training, supervision and accountability. WJZ was there two years ago when the investigation was announced. Here's what then city solicitor Andre Davis and Commissioner Michael Harrison had to say about why it was needed. We can burn off the stink of this horrific scandal only through the use of the disinfectant of full disclosure. Those who do not learn from the past. No, my are- man said under, he said disinfectant of full disclosure. Wow. Okay. Doomed to repeat it. We expect to learn more about the investigation later today. As for the GTTF victims, $13 million has been paid out in restitution to them. Some cases Shit. still pending, and over 800 criminal cases were dropped due to the scandal. Wow. 800 cases dropped. $13 million restitution. They were out there doing the most. Holy cow. Let's see. Uh, okay, let's 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 continue. Let's continue. Once again, <laughs> listen. It don't matter what nationality or ethnicity. Uh, you know. Okay, let's go. It is a story Baltimore knows all too well. Now the nation is learning of the disgraced and corrupt Gun Trace Task Force after the recent premiere of HBO's new series, We Own This City. The show chronicles the rise and fall of officers on what was once an elite squad. Shelley Orman is looking into where those officers are now. Fox 45 covered every aspect of this from their arrest the plea deals most took, two trials, and the officer's sentencings. It has been several years since those court proceedings, so today we're updating you on where the officers involved now are. If you say the letters GTTF in Baltimore, most people know exactly what you're talking about. After HBO's new series, We Own This City, many more people will too. It's a scandal that came to light in 2017, rocking the city and police department. 
A total of eight officers on BPD's elite gun trace task force were convicted for racketeering, robbery, extortion, and overtime fraud. Damn. The officers admitting to flaunting and abusing their power for almost 10 years, using their badges to commit crimes. They stole drugs and money. Members pled guilty to robbing citizens during street and traffic stops, making illegal searches in people's homes, planting evidence, and providing false affidavits and police reports to further their crimes. In some cases, the group made arrests based on bogus charges that resulted in people being sent to jail for years. Now they're the ones serving time. The eight GTTF members were sentenced to a combined 112 years in prison. Two of the eight have since served their time and are now on supervised release. More on that in a moment. The heaviest sentence was given to former Sergeant Wayne Jenkins, a leader on the task force. The 41-year-old is serving a 25-year sentence in a low-security prison in Ashland, Kentucky. His release date is in 2038. Former Detective Daniel Hersel is serving an 18-year sentence. The 52-year-old is in a medical prison in Springfield, Missouri. His release date is 2032. Former Detective Marcus Taylor is also serving 18 years. The 35-year-old is in a low-security prison in Forest City, Arkansas. His release date, 2032. Former Sergeant Thomas Allers serving a 15-year sentence. The 53-year-old is in a low-security prison in Sumterville, Florida. His release date is set for 2030. Former Detective Jamel Rayum is serving 12 years. The 41-year-old is in a medical prison in Rochester, Minnesota. He's set to be released in 2027. Former Detective Mamadou Gondo is serving 10 years. The 39-year-old is in a low-security prison in Butner, North Carolina. Let me just say this real quick. Um, I, I know people be like, when it comes to cops being sentenced for crimes and stuff going to, going to prison, I, I want everybody to keep, every, keep this in mind. And it's easy for me to sit here and say because I, I'm not a direct victim or my family's not a direct victim. But when people get upset, well, they, they, they didn't do a lot of time. Listen, do y'all understand... That felony conviction kills any, every, and everything for them. Like, do you understand, like, a cop that goes to prison can never, ever be a cop, can never do security. That felony, the same way it works on, on regular people for felony convictions, is that it works the same way for former cops. You can't own a gun. <laughs> Some places you can't vote. Trust me. Trust me, they pay. Now, I know people be like, well, I need, him, I need him to do more time. I get all that, but the felony is the same across the board for everybody. You don't want a felony conviction because that sets your life back. I, I can't tell you. You know what I'm saying? So the worst thing for a cop is to be convicted of a felonious crime, regardless of how much time he serves. Yes, I know people be wanting him to serve um, the maximum. I, I get all that, but you guys are forgetting they are regular folk when they come out. They are subject to the same shit they used to dish out to other people. Now it's the rabbit no longer had, ha, uh, you know, the hunter no longer has the gun, the, the shotgun. So I need people to kind of keep that in mind as well, too, especially with with these guys, with the Memphis, if, even if they did five years, which is low for, for a second degree, even if they did five years apiece, they're coming out with felony convictions. They can't do nothing with regard to in, in, in law enforcement. You understand? They can't do anything with anything with firearms or guns and cops and security. None of that shit. All that shit goes away. So just keep that in mind as well. All right? It, it, it's a hard life with, with, a, with a felony conviction, especially as a former cop. You know? 
Chad said, I know they hiring felonies. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. His release date, 2025. Former detective Avadio Hendricks was sentenced to seven years. The 31-year-old was just released in February 2022. Also released is former detective Maurice Ward. The 42-year-old was also sentenced to seven years and released in February 2022. Both men will be on supervised release for the next three years. Attorney Jeremy Eldridge explains under Maryland law, they serve their time. All criminal defendants in the federal system never serve 100%. So the fact that they were released after doing five and seven years is pretty common or par for the course when it comes to how much time you do on a federal prison sentence. The second part of it is these criminal defendants really admitted to conduct, although it was under a RICO charge, the conduct was getting money for overtime that they didn't work or claiming that they worked while they were on vacation in the Dominican Republic. They were definitely different acts or different acts when compared to what Wayne Jenkins was accused of and what he pled guilty to, which were committing acts of violence against Baltimore City citizens. So different defendants, different crimes, and different prison sentences. Both men released are from Baltimore County, Randallstown, and Middle River. And then let me just say this also, uh, if, if you're not aware. So when you apply for financial aid, if you have a felony, it can't be for drugs, okay? I know you. if you apply for a FAFSA, and you have a felony conviction, it cannot be for drugs, which is weird, which I don't understand why that is. They may have changed it now, but I know when I applied, you can say, yeah, I got a felony, but it cannot be for drugs. Okay. Cannot be for drugs. So that also a felony could, could affect you in getting money for school from the state also, but it, it can't be for drugs. So, just a little known fact for those that that don't know or didn't know. So, yeah, okay, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay, the attorneys for two of the cops. The attorneys have something to say. Let's continue. Hello, I'm Terry Moran. We've got some breaking news here on ABC News Live. Attorneys who are representing some of the five Memphis police officers charged with second-degree murder for the death of Tyree Nichols are speaking now. Let's listen in to their attorneys. Uh, to the public, hasn't been released to us. We, uh, the next step will be that we officially sign on as lawyers for, for these defendants, and that triggers the beginning of the discovery process. So sometime in the near future, uh, we will get not only what's released to the public, but, but everything else. Uh, every single angle out there, every interview, uh, every piece of paper uh, that the state has, they will have to turn over to us. Counsel, the difference the bond clients were part of the Scorpion unit? Yes, I can confirm that uh, Mr. Mills was part of the Scorpion unit. And you, Mr. Massey? Yes, I can confirm Mr. Martin was part of the Scorpion Okay, Mills and Martin. Okay, let me look up which one's Mills and Martin. Uh, Memphis 5. Okay. Oh, shit. Damn it. It was Mills and Martin, right? Mills and Martin. Mills and Martin. Which one of you guys? Mills and Martin. Okay, Mills. This is the one that the rumor of the big. <laughs> okay, so Martin is the big one. The big burly one that was teeing off on dude. 
Okay. Martin is the big black one that was teeing off when, when Tyree was stood up and his hands were, and he was, he was stood up. Officer Martin was the big black one teeing off on, on, on Tyree Nichols. Mills is the baton guy. Now Mills is the one that this stupid rumor, I don't say stupid, but this rumor saying it's his baby mama that had the relationship at FedEx with Tyree Nichols. And we're going to get to the father dispelling that as well. So these two, these are their attorneys. Okay. I believe they're the most tr amount of trouble to be honest with you. I think the other three, um, you know what I'm saying? May get, we'll get lesser time. I think Mills and Martin get the most time. Haley, if you remember in the third video, Haley was there during the initial, initial stop. It was Haley, Haley describing Nichols's reckless driving. Okay. Haley was the, one of the initial officers on the scene there. He was one of the guys that actually was there to pull Nichols over. He was already there when the white boy showed up. All right. So kind of, you got to keep that in mind. All right, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. There's a difference in the bond amount between your two clients, but the charges are identical. Any thoughts or explanation there? Again, we're without information to answer a lot of these questions. So, so at this point, you're just clueless of what's going on with, with the whole thing because you, you don't have any answers for us right now because you haven't reviewed the video. You just know just bits and pieces, just like many of us. The state and yeah. the TBI evidently have the answers right now that you uh, want to know the answer to, the questions you want to know the answer to, and uh, we're without information to answer the questions. Yes, so I object I to the characterization of clueless, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously we have, uh, I don't want to speak for Mr. Massey, but have spoken with our clients. Um, we obviously have started to think about potential defenses. We are getting to know our clients. Um, you know, I've spent some time with uh, Desmond Mills and uh, have learned a lot about his background. And uh, what I've learned so far is that he is uh, known not only here locally, but back where he's from in Connecticut, as uh, just a, a gentle, respectful um, father, a family man. I actually spoke with some of his family members today. His, his father, who talked about his own admiration for his son, uh, is somebody who's dedicated his life to, to being a law enforcement officer. And not only is, is Mr. Mills obviously devastated to find himself charged with a crime, but uh, as somebody who is on the other side of law, enforcement, somebody who has, has been in charge of, of keeping our community safe, to be accused of something like this hurts him on another level. Do you either have prior experience in any law, law enforcement departments? Uh, Desmond Mills does. He, uh, well, not law enforcement, but he uh, has been a jailer mm -hmm. both in Mississippi and Tennessee. I understand attorney-client privilege, but can you kind of talk about their disposition today? So, Bill, would you <laughs> answer that one first? Well... Anytime a police officer is going to jail, it's a traumatic moment. And so he was experiencing that this morning. Uh, I surrendered him to the DBI this morning, and uh, he could resolve himself and move forward. It's hard to know with, uh, with anybody, but especially with somebody uh, like Mr. Mills, who is very mild-mannered, very respectful. He has put on a, a very strong facade, but I know underneath it all, this is causing him and his family a lot of anxiety. Now, once again, he's... You got to humanize the villains. All right. Don't be mad at the attorneys. They're doing their job. Okay. They got to humanize these people. Hey, this man has a family, parents, teachers, uh, former coaches. They love him. They, they speak highly of him. But Mr. Mills is, is the baton man. Okay. This is the one with the, that was swinging the baton. <laughs> he didn't want to do no one-on-ones, but he, 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 he grabbed that baton real quick. Okay. This is the ones like telling him to turn over. 
like he's being like he's whooping a child. Turn over, turn your ass over. Like the fuck. So yes, once again, the attorneys have to do their job, have to humanize these men. Because right now you're looking at five black demons, five black devils, and they have to humanize them to get you to, to not see them as devils, but possibly conflicted men under a stressful job that made a horrible mistake and wish they could take it all back. And they have people relying on them to take care of them, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, in a lot of pain, um, not only for his own situation, but for what uh, this kind of uh, accusation, what this kind of incident is doing to our city. Um, so we are concerned. Uh, I know I'm concerned not only as a lawyer for my client's safety, but for uh, for this community and the, you know the frustrations that uh, exist in this community, especially with these kinds of events. Um, so with that in mind, talking about. Um, turning them in and uh, we do appreciate how law enforcement has cooperated with us and with our clients and making sure that they were able to turn themselves in safely, that they are safe within the jail and that they will be released safely. Um, so uh, I know that Mr. Mills is posting his bond. He is in the process of being uh, let out. Um, and that will be, uh, we, are, we are now at the very beginning of what will be a long process. Yes. So can I ask you, Sheriff Freeman, um, if Mr. Mills has said anything about Tyrese and the family and anything, what happened? Well, so when, when you talk about what happened, that is obviously something I can't talk about at this point. Uh, oh, of course so not. Of course. Video of it? Like, have you been able to see the video? Like, no, uh, they have not let uh, anybody see the video. Um, we're hearing that's going to be released soon, and we'll be, be watching, obviously, with a, you know, from a different angle, but we will certainly be watching as well. Mr. Bass, have you made your client a bond out plan as well? The first question, has Mr. Mills spoken about Tyree Nichols or the family, or anything about condolences even for the family? He could not be more upset about this entire situation. Um, again, somebody who has dedicated his life to protecting society, to protecting the community, to be accused of being involved in the death of another is, is devastating to him. Um, we have not had a conversation specifically about Mr. Nichols, but knowing Mr. Mills and the kind of person he is, uh, I, I cannot imagine that he has anything other than uh, feelings of, of, of grief for this family who has lost somebody. Now, once again, Shout out to the attorneys doing their jobs. But we all saw the real uh, Mills and Martin that night after everything kind of died down, right? After they, after Nichols was attended to, whatever, you saw the real, the real, the, the real versions of those guys. Those guys were laughing and joking and kiki and ha ha and high fiving and fist bumps and dapping each other. Like those are some niggas. Okay, and um, jeez, <laughs> they got a task ahead of them. At this point, they're going to prison. The only question is, is how good are their attorneys to get them the least amount of time possible? And, 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 and also, also the other crucial factor is the initial body cams from um, Mills and Haley. Okay. The initial body cam from Haley and Mills. Okay. I don't know where the hell or Officer Bean was located during the whole time. Okay. Once again, all we got is the body cam from the white boy that pulled up. We need the body cam from when they initially pulled him over before the white boy shows up. Okay. All right. So just keep that in mind. They have not released that body cam footage at all yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like. Jeez, man. Okay. Uh, I understand we are defense lawyers. We are representing uh, people accused of, of causing somebody else's death. Uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, we're not aware of the fact that, that there's a lot of pain uh, from the Nichols family and in this community. So we and our clients, uh, again, not to speak for Mr. Massey, but I know uh, 
I and, and my client, Mr. Mills, are well aware of that. All of us are. I think all of us are. And, you know, the state has had this matter indicted, and there are numerous allegations made against all of the officers. And I watched the conference today. I thought um, General Mulroy did a very nice job of, of presenting uh, his side to the media. Um, and he asked for justice. And we agree. Justice means following the law. And the law says that no one is guilty until a jury says they're guilty. And so that's, that's a process, and that's going to take a long time. Eventually, the state will be able to place their case in front of a jury, a group of citizens from the community. And if they have sufficient proof, that jury will say guilty. And if they do not have sufficient proof, that jury will say not guilty. That's okay. Now, the jury selection will be also important. They're going to try to either take this out of the immediate jurisdiction of Memphis. Okay, that's one tactic I could see it happening. And or minimize the amount of black jurors on the jury pool. Do you understand how important that is? Because Memphis is what, 65% black? I can guarantee these two attorneys they will try to minimize the amount of black people that get let on the jury that are selected. I guarantee it because eight, to, eight out of 10 black folk in Memphis already want these niggas heads on a pike. So they know they're not going to be able to get a, a, a fair trial with their clients with a majority black jury pool. So their best case is to get as many white people and an Asian and some, and some, and some Latinos onto the jury the more black folk they have on the jury it's going to make their job even harder okay that's waste <laughs> that's that's law one-on-one <laughs> that's you know it is what it is i can guarantee they're going to ask it, it may be denied but they're going to ask for another jurisdiction to get moved to another jurisdiction they're going to read they're going to raise the the argument uh we don't, we don't believe our, our clients get a fair trial for whatever reason, and once again, the more black folk you have on the jury, they're not even, listen, they're not even going to be trying to listen for the testimony. They're going to be like, guilty, guilty, guilty. All right? Shelby County as a whole is mostly black. See, they're going to try, I guarantee they're going to try a motion. They'll file a motion to get it moved to an outside jurisdiction. They, they, they'd be crazy not to just try. The worst thing for these guys is to be tried by a jury of their peers. This is not going to work in their favor. You want as many white folk on this jury as possible. Okay. All right. I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to leave this. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done. Let's, um, now this was interesting. Let me pull this up. Now her, what's her name again? What's the sister's name? Cause this was kind of a deep situation. I think people kind of forgot about it and left it alone. Cause it was like a one time, Um, what is her name? Man, I had her name already. Some bitch. Oh, what the fuck is her name? Okay, you know what? I'll just, we'll just do it the old school way. I think she's still state attorney. They may have fired her though. Florida state attorney. Ernie, what's her name? 
California State Attorney Andover. What was her name? Okay, Ayala. Aya okay, Aramis Ayala. Now, I need y'all to pay attention to this, even though this took place a few years ago, but the reason why they pulled her over, this is now, this is where, you know, the cops be doing the most. This is, this is why, you know, cops be doing the most. She was fighting. She was prosecuting the case. I don't know what happened to it. Here we okay. Okay. Now, let's give you. This is the back end. Now let's give you what happened when she was put. This is back in 2017. But this is a deep situation. This is where cops, the whole gang shit, comes into play. Okay. This is why that qualified immunity shit in New York is such a big, a big effing deal. Let's go. Two Florida police officers are facing scrutiny for pulling over Aramis Ayala, who happens to be the first black state attorney elected in Florida history. This body camera footage posted by the Orlando Police Department is making the rounds on social media. This happened in June. Take a look. What <clears throat> agency you with? I'm the state attorney. All right. Thank you. Your tag didn't come back. Never seen that before. Now, when does a tag never come back unless you're pulling over a foreign national, foreign diplomat? This woman's a state attorney. Her, her, she's in the system. The tag comes back. Let's not play that game. Tags come back. I'm sorry? Yeah. We're good now. So it was... We ran the tag. It, I've never seen it before. A Florida tag. It's never come back to anything before. <clears throat> so that's the reason for the stop. What was the tag run for? I'm sorry? What was the tag run for? Oh, we run tags all the time, whether it's the traffic lights and, and that sort of stuff. That's how we figure out if, you know, cars are stolen and that sort of thing. Also, the, the windows are really dark. I don't have a tint measure, but that's another reason for this. You see her laughing because she knows it's bullshit. She ain't stupid. Okay? She ain't stupid. Stop. Right. Do you guys have cards on you? Yeah, one second. Yes, always ask for a business card. And what happened? Wait, wait, where's your business card, sir? Actually, this isn't my car, but I can write my name down if you'd like. Exactly. <clears throat> Ready? There you are. Have a good day. The Florida prosecutor is currently in a dispute with Florida Governor Rick Scott over his decision to remove her from 24 murder cases after she announced she would not seek the death penalty for a suspect. Oh, wait. The governor wanted her removed. She wouldn't seek the death penalty against a, 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 a cop that was killed. Okay. Suspect accused of killing a police officer. Okay. So in retaliation, because she didn't want to pursue um, the death penalty for a guy that killed a cop. He wanted to remove her from 24 cases. And then all of a sudden she gets pulled over. Tags didn't come back. This is the games they play. These are the games they play. All right, so this is the sister here. And that took place in 2017. She had former, yeah, so they got rid of her. They got rid of her. When she refused to seek the death penalty in murder cases. Okay. 
Um, right now. So they got rid of her in 2016, became the first elected black state attorney in Florida, winning the ninth uh, judicial circuit in Orange and Osceola counties. But before a four-year term was up, they didn't, she didn't get the full, <laughs> they didn't even give her the full four years. Okay. They didn't give her the full four years. She became a target for Republicans because she announced she would not seek the death penalty for convicted murderers. Then Governor Rick Scott, and now as a U.S. Senator, removed those cases from her office. All right. Ayala says she will make the case that Ashley Moody has failed on the most fundamental aspects of being attorney general. Uh, as a result of Ashley Moody's failures, Floridians are, are less free and less safe. Ayala said in a prepared statement, we've seen many of our basic rights eroded, violent crime on the rise and corporate interests earning more profits at the expense of Floridians having the basic essentials for survival. Ashley Moody is anything but the people's lawyer. And I refuse to stand silent as our rights and freedoms are trampled upon. Now this is Florida. I keep hearing y'all talk all this good shit about Florida. Oh, Florida, Florida's a gun state and Florida low taxes, blah, 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 blah. But this is what happens when you don't go with the status quo. This is what happens when you don't go with the status quo. Okay. Um, as of 10 p.m. Tuesday, Ayala had captured about 44% of the votes. Uh, okay, yeah, so she lost that one. But we don't know what happened with the case. We don't know what happened. So they got her up out of there, man. So I don't know what she's up to now. Yeah, I'm sure she's... Okay, this is August 2022. August 2022. Okay, she lost that. da 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 Okay. Okay. Nope. Doesn't say what she's been. Okay. Let me see what else she's she been up to. What has she been up to since then? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, ignore my LinkedIn messages. Ignore those people. <laughs> Let's see. Nope. She lost that. Okay. Attorney General, nope, nope, nope. Okay, she ain't been doing shit on LinkedIn. Okay, okay, let's see. Yeah, load. Okay. Cancer survivor, okay. Former Florida State Attorney who had dedicated her life to pursuit of justice. All right. She was the regional, regional director of the National Bar Association. This is a smart, this is a sharp woman. Look at, look at all her, look at her underwater basket weaving degrees, y'all. Look at her underwater basket weaving degrees. I'm going to save this because I want to reach out for her, reach out to her. Yeah, I'm going to save this. Okay, never mind. Don't, don't worry about what I'm, just, just admire her underwater basket weaving degrees, people. Okay, that's what it gets you. It gets you power but then you go up against a greater power and sometimes you lose but still nonetheless nonetheless okay is there anything else I wanted to talk about is there anything else I wanted to cover I've been on for an hour and a half I ain't trying to talk y'all heads off like that I ain't trying to be down let's see what else I got what else I got is this
Okay. Now we got 2017. Save that. Get rid of that. Okay. Yes. Let's let's uh this, let's dispel this rumor that Tyree Nichols had an affair with Demetrius Haley's baby mama. Okay. Okay. Message from Tyree Nichols' father uh, squashed that rumor about Tyree dating one of the cops' wives' girlfriends. That rumor is not true. Let's see what that says. Oh. Oh, it was an honor to meet his parents, and their spirit was incredible during this time. So, John Best. Has, has put it out there that the rumor is not true. And he actually sat down with the parents. Well, let's see what else is being said about it. Okay, here we go. Memphis, because he's okay. He's down there. Memphis digital creator. John Best took to Facebook to share that he spoke with Rodney Wells, the father of Tyree Nichols, stating that, uh oh, that Wells wants the public to squash the rumor that his son was dating former officer Dimitri, Demetrius Haley's ex. All right, there's a Facebook post. All right, so I got to cut this up into a short <laughs> and, uh, you know, help dispel the, the, this, this rumor. This is an ugly rumor. This is a bad rumor. Once again, because I, 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 like I said, if this were the case, it would have come out in the heat of the moment. They whooped on this dude for 30 to 35 minutes. Had that really been the case, somebody would have slipped up and said, yeah, this is for my boy, or this was you, you, like messing with my woman. It would have come out in the heat of moment, okay? All right? That's why I was like, I, that, don't, that doesn't jive well, okay? So I will cut this up into a short and put it out there, hopefully the, to dispel the, met, the, the myth or the narrative so it's not true, okay? It's not true. What reputable source are y'all using to spread the information about Tyree Nichols and Demetrius Haley's ex-wife working at FedEx and being in a relationship? Because now y'all about to piss me off. Okay. Okay. Tyree Nichols' father told Bold and Bria, the rumor about the affair is not true and he wants y'all to stop spreading it. Okay. If, and that's a big if, if it was true, then at least one of the officers would be facing first degree murder charges and they aren't exactly it goes back to intent. This is why they got charged with second degree and not first degree. That's why I, I, the rumor didn't make sense to me because no one copped to it. It didn't come out in the heat of, in the heat of battle. And if it did, it would, it would, it would make the uh, instant uh, first degree murder charges. See, I know what I'd be talking about. I smart. I smart. Okay. All right. All right. And these, wait, who is these three? Emerging? Oh, because these ones that fired, that fired real. Let's look at this. Let's look at this real quick. The three emergency workers fired over response to father of one after he was beaten by police. These were the, oh, wow. This is not a good look. This is not a good look, y'all. Not good. 
So what? let's see what happened. The fire department said in a statement that Robert Long and Jermichael Sandridge failed to conduct an adequate patient assessment of Mr. Nichols. It added that the pair alongside Lieutenant Michelle Whitaker. Jeez, come on, sis. But once again, power. This is the underwater basket weaving degrees get you, get you power. Right? You become a lieutenant who drove the two paramedics to the scene and remained in her vehicle after arriving were dismissed for violating department policy. Okay. The five officers chatted and milled about for several minutes as the father of one remained on the ground, but there were, there were other authorities on the scene. Now, you could possibly charge these three with an, with a low level accessory. Okay. This is once again, failure to render aid charges come in. You could charge, you could realistically charge these three with failure to render aid. You could just, you can give them some, like some low level accessory charges. If you really want to like really send a, a real message. So if these three are not charged down the road, I'd be surprised. I would be shocked. I would be disappointed if they're not charged. Okay. If these three are not charged with some some type of accessory, failure to render aid, something, something, something. If they're not charged down the road, I would be thoroughly disappointed. Thoroughly. Okay. All right. Okay. So you got the sister in charge and the two the two guys just once again, everybody takes their cues from from the queen bee. So you have two instances where men, the drones, take their cues from the queen bees. These two drones here took their cue from this queen bee here. And then the scorpion unit took their cues from CJ Queen B. Davis. So Jason Whitlock was right. Jason Whitlock was right. The optics on this thing stinks, y'all. And it and it, it it's ex and, and we we place extra scrutiny on it when there's women in charge. Okay? We place extra scrutiny on it when there's women in charge. Sorry, it is what it is. All right? So, um Yeah, listen, if the family, man, I go after every goddamn body. Police department, fire department, the state, the county, everybody going to have to break me, uh, cut me a check. Everybody. Everybody would have to cut me a check. Everybody. You know? But that's them. That's them. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to get out of here. Um, yeah, I've run my mouth for way too long. So I want to thank everybody for hanging out and all that good stuff, time and energy. Um, with that being said, tomorrow, next day 22, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about James Gunn's DC reveal, his plans for whatever the, f I, I, I'm so, ugh, I'm so disgusted with 
with David Zasloff and, and, and DC and, and, and Discovery. I'm just disgusted with Discovery Warner. I'm disgusted with James Gunn. I'm disgusted with Peter Safran. Ugh. Hopefully, before I close my eyes as an old man, I will get to see Zack Snyder finish his vision. Hopefully. With that being said, I'll catch y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a good night. Peace.